Hey guys, welcome to the Lanes Podcast. So on today's episode, we're going to have a review of the East and West and a finals preview. So without further ado, let's get into it. Hey guys, welcome back to the Lanes Podcast. So on today's episode... We'll be doing a little review of the East and Western Conference now that we have our two teams in the final set. And then we're going to be doing a little preview of the finals, what our predictions will be, and then some looking, I'm sorry, and looking at some upcoming matchups that we think would be, you know, pretty nice to watch. But before we get into it, we'll produce our other guest. Lockie, how are you, mate? Good, mate. How are you? It's good to be back. Well, mate. Well, very good. I thought uh, last podcast we did. Got some pretty good uh, reviews on it. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, you know? man, it was pretty good. It was good to uh, push one, push one out. We're back again. Yeah, we're and, back uh, at the end of the Eastern and Western Conference Finals, and time to sum up what happened. Now, I'm not going to say we're always right, but we did predict these two teams to be in the finals. Not if, too bad. If, we not listen, too shabby. if you guys listened to you last podcast, we did have the Heat and Lakers, but uh, well, we'll talk about the West first because I like to, I like to talk about the Heat. We always like talking about the Heat last. Uh, the, the the big one was the Clippers. You know, we didn't really get to talk about the Clippers. But them not making the, the what conference finals was one of the biggest surprises of the NBA. I think in the last maybe five years. Well, say. we... we been a long time. I mean, we said <laughs> the day before the the podcast actually dropped that Denver wouldn't hit another steal another game. No, that was after five games. After five games, yeah, sorry. Yeah, so we fought six games, they would have locked game, it up. that was it. And then, man... That game six, they really no after four games, sorry, because up three one, yep. Yeah, up three one, and then you know, came out of nowhere and and showed that Denver fighting spirit that they've shown all playoffs. And props to them, they've been one of the teams to really really watch out for, and they're set for a couple of years, man. Well, the first team in history to ever come back from two three one defeats in a playoff series and a playoff run, sorry, coming off this three one set against Utah, I thought that. They once the Clippers brought three one. I thought you know what the Clippers gonna you know just show their class a bit more, a bit more willpower than the Nuggets had. But at the end of the day, the Clippers could not defend Nikola Jokic. But Nikola Jokic actually stepped up massively in this playoff series after they went down three one, and just realized that he's the best center in the world right now. No one can stop him really. That's right. He he's one, he's he, easily he, one of the even for a center, he's one of the smartest players in the game right now. Yeah, he's probably the best passing big ever. You know, really, I, I'm not going to be afraid to say that. I think he's probably the best passing center of all ever right now. But for him and for Jamal Murray to come out of his shell too, when they were playing that middle pick and roll, they couldn't stop it, Clippers. Clippers couldn't stop it because they didn't know if Jokic slips it, he's going to go out to the layup. If they do, if they start to help, to help defense come inside to the paint, he's just going to kick it to the corners or the baseline are going to cut to the basket. They couldn't stop it. And, yeah, it's easy to say done. It's just a middle pick and roll. But that's so hard to defend when you have a passing big who, at a split second, he knows the right decision and he makes the right decision every time. It was a good... I mean, it was great. It was great to watch. I mean, they always play the right way and it was awesome to see them do that against the Clippers. They had a couple first games that was a bit tough. Yeah. And, you know, the Clippers really showed their strength. On the they showed their class. Their grittiness. They showed their class, yeah. You know, and but props to the Denver Nuggets. They really, really, really didn't give up. And then they came out with the, you know the middle pick and roll and just absolutely demolished them. They th- the Clippers tried to throw absolutely everything at them. Yeah. However, Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic were just too much. And don't get me wrong, the supporting cast played a massive role in winning that series. You know, MPJ came out, hit some big shots, stepped up his game. Jer- uh, Jeremy Grant, another good player that's really stepped up. But yeah, one he, he really showed his worth this these past playoffs. I think one player that really really had to step up was Paul Millsup and he did yeah, that. He did. Yeah, he did. He really did. stepped up in those last two games and arguably was a re- one of the reasons why they, they they won the series. Well, he went on a really nice run after the fifth game. The fifth game, he had that big third quarter where he scored, I think, 13 or 15 points and he really started to show life for the Nuggets. At the end of the day, he's their highest paid player. So if your highest paid player isn't your best player, you hope he's giving some sort of... Uh, some sort of value to the team and might it might not for him be point scoring because back when he was with Atlanta you know he was a multiple time all-star and could lead a franchise in points per game but now that he's got Jokic and Murray there he he uses his value and leadership and he does all the dirty plays which for a team like Denver you know they've got basically I think I think 
Jamal Murray is going to be a superstar and Jokic is already a superstar. I think he showed his worth in just doing the little things, providing leadership. He's been on the, the playoff stage before. Not a lot of those Nuggets have been. So it was really good to see him step up. But for me, I just thought that the Clippers, at the end of the day, had one of the biggest... You know, looking back, it's been like a week or two after it's happened. It's one of the biggest flops in recent NBA history. The the other biggest flop I can remember was when Golden State went lost 3-1, but it was completely different because Draymond was suspended in Game 5, and I thought if he played that game at the Warriors' full crowd, I thought maybe the Warriors could beat them. So they could be two-time champions and never have Kevin Durant on their team, but... For the Clippers to lose by, not like it's a, you know, a couple shots for their way. They they completely folded, you know. They were up at the end of the halves every game and then just conceded points by a, by by a flood. So I just don't I don't know how that happens. I don't know how you can get up three one and then just completely, basically die in front of you. I know, and like most of the media, all ESPN and all those analysts, they all picked and had the Clippers to come out of that series and win. Win the chip. They had them to win the chip. Yeah, a lot of people had them winning the, winning the championship. You know, yeah. when they got Paul George in the trade, they all thought that, you know, that's just that next piece that they needed that was really going to push them over the edge. And look, he, he had a, a really good end to the, the series of against Dallas in the first round. Yeah, Paul George. And yeah. we thought, okay, he, this you know, this is, this is what the Clippers need. They need Paul George firing on all the cylinders yeah. if they want to win that championship. And then going into the... The, the uh, semis, the Western Conference semis, we just saw PG not perform to his greatest once again. Well, we saw that pandemic people were throwing out there. Yeah, they, uh, we we saw that at the start of the first round, and we thought, uh, you know, it could just be, you know, you know, but, uh, jitters and missing the family, and, and you know, like he said, it was a tough place. It's not always the great. He didn't yeah, always have the absolutely. greatest of times in the bubble, but you know, it, it just once again he just didn't prove himself. You know, just to take over and help Kawhi. But you know what? I think Denver did a great job. There was a couple of games where Kawhi in the first round against the Mavs was efficient as hell. It was very dominant. Yeah. Very dominant, and he scored the ball efficiently. There was, you know, he was like ten or sixteen some games. He just his shooting percentage was amazing. And he was and he was dominant for six of these games against the Nuggets too. And he was. But the thing that really changed them that. He actually, some games, wasn't as efficient as we're used to. Yeah. He had games where he didn't score as much, and he also, you know, wasn't shooting the ball as a high percentage as he was in the first round. And I think props to Denver trying to throw as much different defensive options at a good offensive player, a great offensive player. You know, they did almost everything to make Kawhi Leonard's job hard. And same thing to PG. They made PG hard, and, and PG probably had a lot of looks that he probably regrets now because they just didn't fall for him. He had a lot of shots that didn't fall. Yeah, but a lot of those shots he takes I don't know if, I don't know if I could be wrong, but he's wide open. I'd that I'd I'd want I would want if I'm coaching Paul George or on Paul George's team to sh- to let him shoot those shots. He's been he's been, since he started his career, he's always been a good a slasher st- to the ring, yeah. but a good shooter. A steady shooter. He's, a steady he's improved shooter. a lot more as years gone by as a three point shooter on percentages. Yeah. But he's always been a shooter. Been a shooter, so you know and I couldn't agree more. You know, as a coach, you want him to shoot those shots. Yeah. And as a superstar, you'd think one of these games, you know, one of those tough games, he's going to break out. He's going to have yeah. those breakout games. He's going to get, you know, we've seen it with, you know, players. Clay Thompson against the Thunder didn't have a great series. And then that, that um, what was it? The, it was the sixth game the sixth at, game OKC, at OKC, OKC. Facing elimination. Facing elimination. He came out. I think he had 40 points. 40 points on be, fire. Shot the ball mistaken. efficiently. You know, we I, know, all, I know the game you're talking about. Yeah, and you know, you know, all these superstars have these, you know, flunks where they just get down and they don't shoot at the high percentage that we're used to. And we thought that PG was going to get out of that flunk, and it just didn't happen for him, unfortunately. And and it really, really, you know, it they needed that. The Clippers yeah, needed they had, it. They needed another piece. They needed another player, not named Kawhi Leonard, to step up because it was hard for Lou Williams because he was in and out of the bubble. Went to Magic City, had to go to a funeral before. He was not his usual self in the bubble. They had Montrose Harrell, who had his grandmother pass, so he wasn't his normal self, even though he was awarded the sixth man of the year. He just really couldn't defend Jokic. Looked like he was maybe a bit out of shape, which is completely understandable. But yeah, they didn't have anyone step up. But at the end of the day, if you're... I'll ask you a question, Lon. If there's a new franchise coming into the NBA, say there's a team in Hawaii, right? Hawaii, Hawaii Warriors, whatever their name is. They come into the NBA, 
free agency board, all right, Paul George on the board, are you going to give him the max? If he agrees to come, would you give him the max? How old is he now? I think he's about 28, 29. That's a tough question. See, a lot of teams were still would give him the max because I, I probably would give him the max still because he's still going to be an all-star. Still going to be an all-star and he's still going to give you the numbers that you'd expect from Paul George. You know, so I, I, a lot of teams would... I don't, I don't know. But I think the thing that really hurts hurts him is that he's been in a couple of playoffs now and, and... He's getting a reputation. He's yeah. getting a reputation. It happens to everyone. It happened to James Harden. Yeah, well, yeah, completely. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, we're not talking about the... The score, you know, even James Harden had said the same thing. He wasn't really producing in the playoffs two or three years ago as no. he is now. He was struggling in games and he wasn't winning, you know, and he wasn't shooting the ball and scoring like we know James Harden of, of today. And I can remember back when Miami and, and Paul George, sorry, Miami and Pacers, sorry, played off in the semis and the finals, the conference finals, sorry. That's probably when I remember him having, a, you know, that really good dominant persona that's, and that's when people say that that playoff p that's when he was playoff p playoff if p. you ask me that's but when he was playoff p I when know, he got I know traded to the thunder that first year you know we expected a lot because of not just russell westbrook and paul george but we also traded for camilla uh camilla anthony yeah, as well for oh, you, but i know you said you said it as a thunder fan yeah <laughs> and you know i it was great to see him but again he just didn't get us over that line and no, nah, I just, oh yeah, I know, what you, I know he's talking about, but you that, know, that that OKC team was pretty, yeah, it was a bit, shallow. It was after, a bit you, after you got after, after Stephen Adams, three, yeah, after Stephen Adams, we didn't Adams, really have four man. That was you didn't problem. really have a lot of pieces, you know. But you know, but still, like he didn't really perform in the playoffs. He wasn't great or amazing, as we, you know, he's and you know what he argued like last season when he was in the start Thunder. Arguably, had one of the greatest regular seasons he's probably had. Yeah, he, he was, was an he MVP was, candidate. He was an MVP candidate, right? So. If you if you look back at the trade that the the Clippers did, you know they gave seven first round picks for him, but if you go back a year in time, I would still do that trade. A hundred percent. I don't know if I'd give up Shea Gilgis and Danilo. I'd probably give up Danilo. I'd probably try to fleece the, the Thunder in that time and give him Landry Shamit because I definitely wouldn't give up Shea because I think he's going to be an All Star prospect. I would have given up Pat Beverly, but he was an unrestricted free agent, so you couldn't really give him up. Or I would have given up Lou Williams as hot take as that might have seen, but because Shea Gilgus is gonna be, would have been a better fit for them too anyway. And you don't need you don't need a big scorer off the bench when you've got Montrose Howell who's a six man. But it's always good to have someone young. And, and they're, it's the same positions kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's always good to have someone like cornerstone, you know? Yeah, Kawhi I mean, Leonard, Paul George. They're and the Shea, super- and then Shea, I think that could be a big three in two years' time. Yeah, and you know, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are only getting older, but at least when they do old, you know, get older and start to get age, yeah. age out, that you have someone there that's going to take that franchise over. And I think, obviously, the Thunder did a great job. Sam Presti did a great job in getting Shea yeah. to the Thunder. But, you know, it's just... We talk, talk about disappointments this season. Yeah. The Clippers have definitely hit that one on the head. And I don't think it's time for the Clippers to get into panic mode. No, 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 not at all. Because I still think that if you ask me to, once the season ends and then free agency happens, that this Clippers team is basically going to be the same, you would think, unless they do t- t- trades. I'd think it'd be the same because most of their players that are important or valuable for them are already on contracts. I still think that's a top three team in the NBA. Yeah, I agree. And you and know what? they can only learn from this this uh, experience in the bubble. Exactly. You know what? And we saw it all year. You know, we always talked about the chemistry. They just haven't clicked. And we know the, when, when when they want to click, we saw some glimpses of it through the playoffs. Yeah, when they clicked, they were looking like the the, the team that was going to give the Lakers the most trouble. Trouble, yeah. In the West. They you looked know, like the only team that could compete with the Lakers. And arguably could have gone on and win the chip. But yeah. I think when it talks about you know free agency next year and what's going to happen, I think you'll see that they won't change much and they shouldn't. You know, Kawhi Leonard's no, I, first I, year. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it that much because they can definitely do it. What I would do is I would go and get a nice, I'd get a center. That's what I would definitely do. Or if you don't get a center, you got to get a big that can pull play. I mean, there's been rumors that they're going to look at Marcus Saul. I think that'd be a perfect pickup for them. Good, yeah, good little pickup. If, if he does, even if he doesn't start, you bring him off the bench. There was rumors that they were looking at Stephen Adams, but he just won't fit into the cat space. Unfortunately. No, you can, and, but for me, I don't think that's the, the fit they need. I think they need a ball player, a ball player. I mean, a, a playmaker because Pat Beverly isn't a playmaker. Yeah, Pat but Beverly doesn't really. Pat Beverly doesn't guard. really. Pat Beverly doesn't really do a lot on the offensive end. No. So I would, I would look as 
to get a playmaker. And, and if they were going to get Marcus Saul, I think that'd be a perfect fit because he can he can not play it like Jokic, but he's got a similar play style to Jokic because he can move the ball pretty well and he plays on the top of the key. He can space that floor out and he can hit back cutters too. But yeah, the, the Stephen Adams one would be it'd be all right to see. It. He would fit that Clippers mold of a tough, tenacious player. But I just as you said, the cap space, unless they get rid of. Uh, they'd have to get rid of cl- at least two out of three of Pat Beverly, Lou Will, Trez. Trez is, uh, is Trez free agent. Zubach. Trez is a free agent now, sorry. Yeah, so he was on, I think, oh, yes, he was on them. I think he was on six to eight mil. So, yeah. He's going to get some big money. He Yeah. Would you give him, oh, this is a question I'll ask you, would you give him a max deal? Close to it. No, yeah, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't give him a max deal. But you can expect with the today's game that there will be... <laughs> A massive deal thrown at him, and if it's there'll, not, be, there'll be a team that's stupid, they'll throw him a big deal. Massive deal. And if you look at if you're Montrose Hell, it'd be pretty hard to turn down. You know, you're going to be a guaranteed rumors, millionaire probably for the rest of your there life. There was rumors that I saw on Bleacher Report that um, that the Raptors were looking at trying to throw some money at him. Yeah, that's not a bad move for the Raptors actually, because Marcus Sol will be an unrestricted free agent, and he's going to age pretty bad. And I've then talking about Marcus Sol. Sorry, there's rumors that he. He's going to go join his brother in Spain, Barcelona. yeah. I saw that. I mean, that'd be pretty cool. But did, did Pagasol sign in Spain officially? Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. Did he, I thought he wanted to make a comeback. Oh, that's, yeah, it was with Barcelona, wasn't it? Yeah, Barcelona. I just didn't know if it was fully official. Yeah, that'd be cool to see Marcus Sol there. But I still think he can be a bench player in the NBA. 100%. I still think he can offer to a championship team. I don't think he's going to age terribly, terribly. I think he, like, he won't age great, but he'll still be good player because he's got the the brain you know he's got some in between the years which is hard to get in today's nba but yeah i still think as we said the clippers were a big big disappointment this season but i wouldn't be i wouldn't be blowing it up i'd just be looking to get a playmaking a playmaker in some sort of position and a, and a decent big like a starting caliber center like i think zubach would be a good backup center but this if they're going to pay trez i wouldn't mind seeing them trade Zubach but yeah they need a they need a they need a playmaker and probably a center but they have been a disappointment but you got to give the Nuggets credit and you got to give Mike Malone credit because you know a lot a lot of normal NBA fans knew who Mike Malone was and you know he's this isn't his first year having the Nuggets at a high seed they were the two seed for most of the year and then they're now the three seed but they still beat the uh I would say one of the form teams of the comp and at the end of the day Bubble or no bubble, they they won the games their way and they did it in a, a way I couldn't I couldn't believe they did it. I didn't, I just couldn't believe that the Nuggets won. But it was great to see and yeah, I, I'd give a lot of credit to Mike Malone and Nuggets will be a scary team. I think I think a lot of a lot of players. I mean, a lot of people will now give the Nuggets a bit of respect because I I I didn't think they were going to win. No, I I don't think any analysts. In the NBA, I would think, yep, the Nuggets are going to be the Clippers in a seven-game series. against the Clippers, down 3-1. I think everyone ru- ruled them out, except for their coach and the players, obviously. That, that That's just the culture that Mike Malone and the and the Nuggets are building. I, I like I, I love watching Jokic play. I think he's probably one of my probably the top five players to watch because I love a guy that looks so unfit and so and doesn't look like a basketball player. Looks like he plays at a rec, like a gym, you know, down at your local cl- at a local comp team be an absolute weapon and be at the end of the day the best center in the nba so that's crazy to see but yeah i'll, I'll throw one one trade idea at you all right the Sixers quarter clippers they say we we don't want joel Embiid anymore we will trade joel Embiid if you give us paul george and we know that we, we need a coach and the clippers Tyler. no doc rivers because oh. I would, if I'm the Clippers, I would just put Ty Lue as the head coach and then you could have Doc Rivers or Ty Lue. Would you do that trade? Has that ever been done before? Coach gone? You can, yeah. The, 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 the Celtics traded Doc Rivers to the Clippers for, I think, a first rounder or a second rounder back then. But if you're the, if you're the, if you're the Clippers, would you do that trade? Be interesting to see. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Kawhi Leonard and Joel Embiid play on the same team for sure. Because that would give them a, a dominant, a dominant, dominant center. Center, but you're also losing a, a scorer, a wing. But they'd be able to pick someone up in free agency. Definitely be able to pick someone up. Yeah, yeah. It, because that, that at the end of the day, people would want to play, people would want to play for that team. Oh no, because you no could doubt. still you could still have Shamit. 
you could just push Kawhi to a three, and then you'd have uh, you you have Joel at the four at five. Even if you start Trez at the four, or they got Jamichael, or they got Marcus Morris. So yeah, you you just have Shamit and Kawhi with Pat Beverly. Yeah, no, that that definitely an interesting trade scenario there. Definitely, um, like if I'm if I'm the Sixers, I'd do that in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Because that would unlock Ben Simmons to his full potential. Yeah, I but think if that's if you're the Cli- if you're that. if you're the Clippers, it's it's actually the, I got this trade idea off of Bill Simmons, the Ringer podcast. He has some great little trade trade ideas he throws at his at his uh, hosts. I'm having a Joel Rosillo, but yeah, that's just an that'd be a, it'd be an interesting one, wouldn't it? Definitely, I think yeah, just to partner Joel and Kawhi together would be something interesting to see on the floor, just because. It'd be, if it'd, it'd Joel be right, is yeah. able to stay healthy, he's arguably one of the best centers in the if league. If Joel's healthy, he probably is the best center, but because he can't stay healthy, yeah. and yeah, there's always a question mark around him, Jokic is the best center because he's he's proven to have a lot of health. He never really misses games ever. No. But, you know, that that would be a trade. If I'm the Sixers, I'd do it. But if you're the, if you're the Clippers, you're really thinking about it. Definitely. I de- yeah, definitely think about it, yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting to see what they do in in the off season now that they've got this time off, and they're going to have a lot of time. Like you said, they've got a lot of players under contract, which is a good thing. Yeah. Which means they can definitely train through the off season, which I, I'm sure they will be, mm. as well as enjoying their vacation time that they have off at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. But it, it will be interesting to see who they pick up. You know, key veterans is a massive yeah. thing. And will they re-sign Marcus will they, Morris? Will they re-sign Marcus Morris? Will they try get Trez for the right price? Yeah. These are all questions that will have to be answered in in the off season, but. I think it's now time for them to look at that and see what they really need to and fit around those two yeah, superstars. Absolutely. So, but yeah, definitely a disappointing season. But you know, I wouldn't count them out next year. They're going to be back. No, and I still feel, than I, ever. I, I think this would be only help them in the long run. Yeah, you know, for you got to sure. sometimes six, you got to sometimes fail to succeed. But uh, we'll move on to the conference finals. And there was a good little meme going around saying when the Lakers went up three one, they're saying, "Oh, here we go. The Nuggets are going to come win the series." And then I think Snick Dog came out and said, "We ain't the Clippers, mate. We're not going to lose." coming down 3-1 they beat him in five games not super convincing I think it was a pretty tough series I think it was again Denver Denver play such a a team game where they move the ball and it's constantly a lot of play movement as well so it's tough to guard like you said there's a lot of on ball screens with Jokic and he's a hard guard because he's so smart hard guard hard guard (laughs) I thought you said he's a hard player I I thought you said he's a hard guard I'm like He's a center, but he plays exactly like, no. But he's hard to guard. Yeah, I he's know hard what you're to saying. guard. Yeah, yeah I know what you're saying. But I think at the end of the day, it was actually funny because you know in the in the previous um, matchup matchup with the Rockets versus Lakers, yeah, we saw the small ball yeah. of Dan Tony playing against the Lakers, and we saw Marcus Morris get a lot of minutes, and he was Markeith, 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 sorry, yeah, Brothers, yeah, arguably has stepped up into a, a role that you know proved really crucial. And yeah. they needed a player like that. And he still did a good job in the, in the Denver series. But they played players like their rookie, Taylor Hortataka. Yeah, who didn't, didn't have any minutes in the regular season because he was playing in the G League. Yeah, and he didn't play amazing, but didn't do anything uh, terrible either. No, he did, he, did, he, did, hey, he, did, he did what he needed to do. He did what he Just needed to do. Just provide decent minutes for but the then you player had to get rested. Dwight and Javal sitting on the bench. Yeah, that would have been tough for both Dwight and Javal because they were both coming, you know... This was kind of like, well, Javel has kind of been on a comeback of, you know, his career was on a, on a thread when he went to the Warriors and he really came back and provided and became a starting caliber player. Definitely. Which he had the potential to be. And then Dwight Howard had a bit of a uh, rough couple of years, you know, a lot of injuries, stop starts, getting traded a lot. You know, some people forget he was on the Brooklyn Nets for about two weeks. Yeah, he couldn't he couldn't find a home at one you point. You know, he couldn't find a home. So he's had a bit of a... Uh, I don't know the the word I'm trying to find. Not a renaissance, but he's had you know the comeback, yeah, rejuvenation of a of a season, which is good to see because he's you know at the end of the day he's a hall of famer. But yeah, they weren't playing. They weren't playing at all, and I think and now and now you vice versa. You switch it down to the yeah, the to finals the where Jokic is a big center, yeah. but not just Jokic. They have Mason Plumlee coming off the bench. Yeah, they got he Paul is Millsap big too, who's a big Paul Millsap. You so know. it was it was much better, I think. We we talked about the Rockets and the Lakers in the previous podcast, but the Lakers were just able to play small ball better than them. Yes. Like they were able to play their game better than them, right? You push AD to a five, no one on that team could guard AD, right? No way. But when you push it to this to the bigs, Dwight Howard and Javel can no one can really stop Jokic, but you can limit him, right? And you know what? And they did a very good job at doing that. Did a great that. job. They did and a you very know what? Job. I think Dwight Howard uh, he played himself into that starting yeah, role. He started. Got from playing no minutes in the semis finals, the Western Conference yeah. semis, 
to playing starting minutes and having in that game he did start he had a double double yeah so it really showed and again it really showed even in the first game they played that the defense that Dwight Howard was able to do on Jokic and don't get me wrong Javale did a good job but Dwight this was his series he, yeah. he, he really put himself out there as hey I'm still here I'm still Dwight Howard yeah, I can still do things and he's yeah. a great defensive center and he and like you said, you can never stop a great player. They're always going to score the ball, no matter yeah, what. You, you can just limit. You just got to make it hard you gotta for get, them. You got a game plan. I mean, you know what? The, what's their dominance? What are they very good at? You know, in you the know, NBA, they'd be watching film. They'd be knowing when Jokic catches the ball on, say, the left elbow, what his tendencies are, and yeah, first hundred percent to the right elbow. Maybe on the right elbow, he'll drive, let drive middle, and then swing back to the base, exactly. or vice versa. You know, so they'll they'll know what they're doing. And Dwight Howard's been in the league long enough to realize that he knows he can scout. Same with LeBron. LeBron's a, a savant of basketball. He just knows how to read and play basketball. So he would be yelling that out to his players. But yeah, as you said, Dwight Howard and JaVale, they played really well. And you just make life hard for the players, right? 100%. And I think the, the big, one of the biggest players, I think, in this pole playoff series just for the Lakers and in the NBA too is Rondo. I think Rondo's been, he's actually been shooting the ball probably the best clip of his career. And that's unlocking him like offensively. His, his offensive game because we yes. all know he can play make and he can do all the little things on offense. But him being able to shoot really keeps the defense honest. And if he's if he can keep the consistency up, yeah. that could arguably be arguably arguably be, arguably arguably there you go. I got it. Be one of the game changing things that's going to happen in the finals if he can perform like he is. Yeah, he's really going to prove, and he has in every series that he's played, except for the Portland one. Yeah, because he he's still his, a bit injured. He's still a bit injured. He had his fingerprints all over him. Yeah, he, 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 you know, I wouldn't be shocked if the Lakers would even start him. But, like, at the end of the day, they've got such a good thing going with their starters, you wouldn't really want to yeah, touch it. Yeah, and, you know, we talked about on a couple of other podcasts how they were struggling to find their right starting five, but yeah. now they've started to, to find the click, and they're really starting to click right now. Yeah, and I think that starting five, they don't play a lot of minutes, like, as a five, you know, because they'll bring... Rondo off the bench, they'll bring Kuzma. They were bringing Dwight Howard off the bench. Kuzma hasn't been doing a heap recently, but he's still got the absolute potential to go off in any series because he can score the ball. He's just a bit inconsistent in the way he scores. But I still think, yeah, Rondo's been, you know, whatever water he's drinking, it's been a fountain of youth. Definitely. And I really like watching him play because he's such a clean player to watch. I think it's been... It's been great to see players like Rondo and Dwight who have had a really good career in the NBA, yeah. a big storied career. Yeah, you know? both Hall of Famers. Both if you Hall ask of me. Famers, and, and you know, you said you said it right. Both Hall of Famers, and now they're playing to a, a really high level, and it's good to see out there. Yeah, and absolutely. I think the best thing about this series was the Denver were young. Yeah, and the Lakers veteran presence. Yeah, just showed through a hundred percent. They just. They outplayed them and outsmarted, uh, outsmarted, uh, outsmarted them. Yep. And LeBron, in the last game, in the fourth quarter, with about five minutes to go, took it over, 9-0 right run. Yeah, he, he, he and, it was vintage LeBron. And he said to him, and you know, people said, you know, like, what was going through your head? He goes, you know, I just wanted to get these guys that have never been to the finals. I put them on my back, and I just wanted yeah. to get them there. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? And we've been waiting for a game where LeBron breaks out. You yeah, know, he's had have. a couple games. Don't get it wrong. He had a couple games in the series that he did well. He still got. He had two triple doubles this series. Yeah, he's still and been. He's still been a weapon. Still been an absolute weapon. But he really was sort of that finals LeBron, old Cleveland playoffs LeBron that we were used to. Were getting big numbers, getting triple doubles. You know, and AD still had a great game, but LeBron showed through for the first time. Yeah, absolutely. And he's this, been. And he, he took. He said, "I'm taking these first timers to the, to the finals." You know, and yeah, it's I it's, think it's great to say. Again, when when AD put his foot down and said, "I'm going to play hard," you know, he had a game where Dwight, Javale, and AD combined for four rebounds. Yeah, that was the that was game three, was it? Was it game three? Yeah, they lost that game, I think. Yeah, I think it was game three or game four. Anyway, but the, you just can't have that if you're yeah. the Lakers. You can't yeah. you can't be getting smashed on the boards by that by that by that by that big of a margin and especially because of the size of centers you have because usually in the NBA if you if you have the team that has the least amount of turnovers and the most amount of rebounds you usually win games yeah 100%. right because defense uh, rebounds are crucial to yeah, any because, team because winning if, a game especially if you're getting offensive rebounds because you're having second chances and then you're making the defense work but if you say oh you only get one per three possessions you're making them work for an extra 14 seconds while they're already fatigued 
you're gonna get you're gonna get second chance points, and that's a big premium, especially in playoff basketball, because it's only the best teams that are in it. You know, there's only certain certain instances and certain plays and games that win games. Like you look at the, the third game, I think it was the third game when Mason Plumley went to ran straight at I think it was Dwight Howard or yeah I think it was Dwight Howard and he called a switch when there oh, was no LeBron. LeBron when there was no technical well, on Jeremy ball Grant was guarding yeah, LeBron. there was no technical on ball you know no one went to AD Jokic who was in, guarding the inbound had to sprint saw it and sprinted you know they missed that shot Denver are up 2-1 right so little players like that define series so they tied the series they were up was it 1-0 all? Was it, it was 1-0 one all, one all, so they would have right. been up 2-1 you know so the Nuggets would have been. So just little plays impact series, right? So, yeah, I think I think that's a big part of the game, right? But, yeah, turnovers and rebounds. But, you know, as the Lakers, they made the mistake, they made the right adjustments and they won the rebound. Or not won it, but they had a lot more rebounds compared to, you know, four rebounds, you know, especially their big men. And it's good to see that the Lakers are back in the finals. I think it's good to see the purple and gold. Especially yeah, after the, the, you know, the, the shitty year that we've had. In 2020, especially with the sad news of Kobe passing, yeah, I think it's it's, been... it means even you know every little audio assist thing that you get on NBA TNT, you see Coach Vogel talking. You know, it's always Mumba on three, and they yeah. always tr- they pay their respects, and I think that's a heavy motivation for them trying to win the chip as well. But it's great to see the purple and gold back in the playoffs, but let alone the finals, and it's great to. I think there's a good good photo of LeBron after the game sitting yeah, down. Yeah, I, I like that. I was going to talk about that. Go on. Uh, LeBron sitting down and sort of just just a little bit away from his teammates, collecting his thoughts, and you could just tell how motivated he is. Not just by winning a championship, yeah. but everything that's going on in the world, especially uh, with the racial injustice over in America. You know, and he's using that as motivation because he really wants to be a spokesperson for that in the NBA, and he's doing a great job of that. Yeah, like you look back in history, like when twenty years late, twenty years on from today, right, or this year, you look back two thousand and forty, like. You're not going to say the Lakers were the champions in a bubble because I guarantee you if the Lakers win or and or the Heat, whoever win, they're going to speak on the national stage about racial injustice and about all the problems that's happening in the world and not just America, you know, the world. So I think it's going to be a big piece in history. Like whoever wins this chip, it's going to provide, ten, it's going to speak volumes, right? Well, the best thing about that is, you know... speak volume louder than words, but at the end of the day, there's not a lot of action that can be done right now in this bubble so the, the words are going to speak volume. Yeah, and the the finals is a massive thing in That's America. That's kind of sorry, it's kind of contradicting my point, but the, the yeah. you get what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, and you know everyone in America loves their sport, and yeah, it's a big it's, sporting it's, country. You know, just it's their way of you know they know they're on TV and they know they can say and have their their say and get their vote you know their point across and you know making sure you know they're also talking about the voting that's coming up making sure everyone votes for the 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 presidential election that's coming which up is well. crazy like you wouldn't like i don't know because we live in australia it might be different but we we have to, we're, we're, we're not forced to vote but it's compulsory for us to vote right i don't know why that shouldn't be compulsory in america with such a big population big they too. got you know pol- but you know that's just what i think but yeah no yeah. this is this isn't a political podcast no <laughs> not at all but yeah i think it was just good to you know lebron sitting there collecting his own thoughts and you could yeah, just like, see job's not done for him job's not done and as much, you know, everyone's like looking at it, like you know, what's wrong? Like what's wrong? With he just literally collecting yeah. his own thoughts, and you could just tell how motivated he's won so many Western and so well, he's only won one Western Conference Final, but he's he's won multiple Eastern Conference Finals. He's won nine or ten in his in his career, and Conference Finals. He knows, you know? yeah, it's a great achievement, and he's he said first, it perfectly. His, his first Western Conference Finals. Yeah, yeah, he said it perfectly when th- he was asked about it on the celebration and you know he said there's only <laughs> only one team two teams that come out of the east and the west yeah. so yes one we're gonna team s- comes out of the east and the west two teams that make the two finals teams that make year. the finals and only one team can win the west so yes it's a great accomplishment and yes we're going to celebrate but but as, as he summed it up job's not done he knows that he's got to get another four wins to win the championship and he knows he wants that for his legacy you know that he, he's motivated and he's highly motivated this year because at the start of the year before all this racial injustice came in, you know, everyone was saying, you know, he got injured, he was washed, and he was using this as his motivation to, yeah, the to wash, come the back. Yeah, the washed king. The washed was king revenge around. season. All these things were driving him and the mentality trying to, you know, have a good season. And, yeah, he's had a heck of a season. 
yeah. arguably an MVP season. But you know, yeah, it is what it is. We we will we we on this podcast. You should get should have gotten MVP. You know, but, but it yeah. is what it is. But I think you know it was just a very for me it was just a very powerful photo. Yeah. Of LeBron sitting there with his shoes off, sitting on the floor. Yeah, you could see that. You see, if they like, say they win the chip this year, that that picture could be, you know, one of the biggest pictures in his legacy. You yep. know, you could have that. His stare back when he was playing with Miami. His picture uh, crying on the floor when they win one in Cleveland. And also the block on Iggy. You know, the block on Iggy. You know, those those are like pictures you could see because it's all pivotal moments in his career. Because he he really has to win this one. You know, he has to win this chip for his legacy but yeah no like that's going to be a big point in his in his in his uh, career but yeah no i think that's that's the west for now that's it the lakers winning we're going to move on to the east we did we've done our second round before the conference semi so we're going to talk about the conference finals the heat winning four games to two which i'm very happy that they won as as if you listened in the previous podcast i'm a big heat fan at the moment and in out of both teams out of both conferences they're probably my favorite team to watch just based on the way that they play but beating the celtics 4-2 i thought that the celtics they had the opportunities to win you know not having gordon haywood i think for the first game or two that's pretty it was pretty tough for them tough for them because he was actually a pretty big piece because a lot of not a lot of people realize he still scored 17 to 18 points for them got a lot of rebounds for them and did and provided a lot of leadership and, and just yeah, a lot of calmness on that team we all we like we talk about veteran present on teams yeah He's, been in the league, and yes, he hasn't had the success of he's been an all star those players, but he's been an all star. He's he's got that leadership for those younger players, and in in moments where it's crucial that there is leadership, he's he's there. Yeah, and it did hurt him not going those first two games. I think Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Yeah, I think Jalen Brown really stepped up. Jalen Brown, def- serious. I think Jalen Brown in the playoffs yeah, has think, had a really like, good playoffs. Like you look at like if you're to make a team. Like a all, two all bubble teams, right? Say you did like an all star, like players in the bubble, he would be at least in one of them, if not starting. You know, in the playoffs because yeah, he's been re- he's been an absolute weapon. Been an absolute weapon. Kemba Kemba was good for them, you know, and Daniel Tice. Yeah, he's he's been. We 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 spoke about it in the previous podcast. He's really stepped up, and he's probably going to get paid a lot in this offseason. Definitely. Now. And I think it's just it was good. You know, the Celtics the Celtics fought hard, and like you said, they had a lot of chances to turn this series around. For example, today, yeah, that it was close in the fourth quarter. Did they have that? Like you have the op- you, you have your opportunities, right? The Heat just m- used their opportunities to advantage, and they used them, right? The Celtics just couldn't get them. They couldn't. They saw them coming. They just couldn't use the momentum and get over that hump. You know, you got to use your opportunities when they come, because you don't get a lot, right, in games. But I think, you know, in this series, the Heat, every game they play, usually it's not a blowout win. You know, they haven't really had a lot of blowout wins in the playoffs in the past, you know, two series. In the in the paces, they had a couple of close games, but they blew out a couple of times. You could just tell they're a better team. But, you know, I think the Heat really know how to grind out win. And it's going to be really tough for the Lakers, you know. Because when, be when they're getting that dogfight, I don't know how easy it's going to be for LeBron to just turn it on and AD to just turn it on. But the Clippers, I mean, the Celtics did a pretty good job. Not the Clippers. Celtics did a good job of weathering that storm at times because it was still tough, but... I think this is only going to prove better for the Celtics because they're all still pretty young. Kemba's probably their oldest player that... Well, Gordon Hayward's probably their oldest player that's impactful for them, that plays a lot of minutes, and he's not super old. And you don't need to, lo- need to ask a lot of Gordon Hayward at the moment because especially with the emergence of Jalen Brown and Jackson Tatum, you know, being the best player in, the, in maybe in the East. Yeah. Well, I mean, they got to the Eastern Conference Finals, so... Now, I wouldn't say he's. I wouldn't say he's the best player in the East, but you know he'd definitely be top five. Definitely, yeah, easily top five for sure. Yeah, he'd easily be top. It five. It was a good series. I mean, Miami came out strong as the uh, came out of the gate strong. Yeah, up up two nil. Up two nil. I, I I didn't think they were going to get up that quickly. That quickly, but you know, at the end of the, you know, it was it, it was just good to see. We always talked to them. We we were big fans of the Miami the way they played, the culture that they've been installed over there. And yeah, I, lo- I love them, Jimmy. Led the team, but it wasn't just Jimmy. Yeah, absolutely. Every series we've had for the Heat that they've played, it's been a different player step up. It's been a different player step up. And you know what? Each game, Jimmy has had his fingerprints on every game. But you know what? This series, especially, different players stepped up at different times. Jimmy had a big game. They're two emerging stars. Tyler had a massive hero. Tyler Hero and Bam, they had massive games. 
you know, verge of eliminate. Oh, sorry, the Celtics. You know, on the on the elimination game, Celtics tried to fight back. Bam was the big player that stepped yeah, up to Bam, Bam and won the game. Because in the in the in the fifth game they played, Bam took a lot of the heat. I mean, as a as a pun, they took a lot of he took a lot of heat on that game. In the loss, he said that's it's you know it's my fault they lost. And Jimmy came out saying it's not your fault. You know we play as a team. Certain things happen in games, but it was good to see him say you know what I need to win this game for myself, and not just and not just for the team but he needs to prove to himself that he's a winner and you know he's got a chip on his shoulder he said that in, in the in the postseason i mean in the press conference after the game you know like he said everyone on this on this team and on this stage coaching staff included they all been counted out or underdogs in their in their careers in basketball and it's good to see them they're just a bunch of a bunch of dogs who just play for each other and play hard and buy into what their coach is preaching yeah. You know, and that's why the Clippers, I don't think, really won because they didn't fully buy, they didn't in, buy in. You know, they had the superstars, but they didn't buy in. They didn't. And you look at the Heat, the Heat have two all stars, but Bam's really only been one time all star. He's, he's still start, young, though. Still you know, he's still young. He's only 22, right? And doesn't have that experience. That. Doesn't that have the experience. Bucket, Jimmy Buckets does. You know, the, the best, the best uh, trade, I think, out of the whole trade deadline was getting, out of every team, right, was getting the Heat, was getting Iggy and not just Iggy J. Crowder. Because it gave them experience, it gave them veteran presence, leadership that they needed. You know, because UD was kind of like the only veteran veteran they had. Iggy proved to be a big veteran, but Jay Crowder's been in a lot of playoff series. So I think that the Celtics definitely had their chances. They had their opportunities. I still think the Celtics are young. So they're still going to be, you know, if you look at it right now, they're still probably going to be in the conference finals next year for the East if you're just looking at it today. You know? Definitely. They've got their roster they to build still, around and they've got such youth there. They could definitely beat it. I Robert, don't know if they will. But Robert yeah. Williams, another player yeah, that's time under, Lord. I, still I, got a rookie. He's, rookie he was taking a lot of Kansas minutes in the second round. Maybe it's not much this round, but he's he's going to be a really nice piece. He will. And they've still got young players in their system. Romeo Langford is a player I watched uh, from Indiana and he was he's another good player that could be have a potential yeah. in this league. He's a really yeah, he good... he definitely had the potential. And he's at a jump shot and he's still... You know, again, we talk about he didn't he didn't play at all in the playoffs, but no. he's just another player that's sitting on their bench that's such with such young talent that again you said they're going to be around for years and years to come and they will be. Yeah, absolutely. And the only difference was though that again it came down to veteran presence and Jimmy buckets UD who didn't even step on the foot floor. I don't think he's played a minute in the bubble. And it doesn't matter because someone's presence like that is yeah. felt yeah. in the locker room on the floor game day. Whatever it is, you know he's a leading. He's always he's been the heat. He's been one of the well. He's got leading three, hit people that's installed that heat culture. He's the only player that's been on the heat that's been on their last championship team back in thirteen, right? So he's 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 word and his volume. He's the I think he's the only other person that's been that long with the heat. The only person that's been longer with him is Spolster, right? So I don't know how many assistant coaches have been there on their last championship run because Fierstale moved on to coach Memphis. Juwan Howard went to coach Michigan. So he's like the only other player, but and then you have Pat Riley, and then their owner Mickey Harrison, and their in their front office. He's the only person that's been in this before. He's got three championships. So if you're not going to listen to a player that's got three championships and was a key part of that team, then I don't know who you're going to listen to, right? Definitely. So, but at the end of the day, the Heat just they play when when you get into the style of their of the way they play, it's hard to beat them because they just they'll wind you down. They'll play for 48 minutes. And Jimmy said that they haven't really played 48 minutes yet, which is, you know, I'm not going to be surprised if that's not true because everything he's saying is true. You know, they're playing at a great level, but they still haven't played 48 minutes. You know, looking into this, we'll talk about it with the Lakers and Heat, but, you know, I think that the Heat are going to be a force in Definitely. a lot in the, in the East for a long time. And if you ask me this a year ago today, you know, you're going to say, all right, the Lakers are going to be in the finals. I say, yeah, okay, that makes sense. And then against the Heat, I'd be like, all right. I, I, I would be like, I just can't see it. I said, I, I would have said they would have been a seventh, eighth seed at best. You know, but I, I love to get, I love that, you know, that they, they've made it and they've been come, I think, the 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 storyline of the bubble, you know. Definitely. I think it's great to see them be that underdog and that adversity against them and just. Yeah, the, that's, a big, that's a big word, the adversity that they have to overcome. You know, because a lot of people wrote them off. A lot of people did, you know, and when they picked up Iggy and Jay, they still got, you know, everyone, yeah, some people, you know, they, they definitely turned around and said, yeah, they're great additions, but they're not championship additions. But yeah, but that... Their but presence, and Jay Crowder shooting the ball at one, you know, arguably his best in his career, for sure. And Iggy, again, another player that's been 
been to the finals. Like, Iggy's nearly had a year off, if you think about it, because he he didn't play till like February, and then March, and then it got shut down. So he had, you know, from June, you know, June, July, August, nearly nearly a year off. You know, that, that that gives him time. That gives him time to just rest his body, recover himself, because this is his sixth straight finals appearance too. You know, like he's every time he's been in the finals, he's versus LeBron. Yeah, and he knows how to beat LeBron. He can guard LeBron pretty well. He's got that. Mentality. Right, a lot of people are going to forget that he's probably the best, one of the best players of all time to guard LeBron. You know, no one can do, a, no one can lock LeBron down, but he's one of the better players to guard LeBron. So we'll move into that now. You know, them this matchup, I think it's going to be hard for the Heat to win, but I still think that if the they Heat can, aren't going to go down without a if fight, they can play their style and they can. Limit AD because I think they can because I think AD is the big piece for them because AD for me he's starting to become not the first option on offense but they give him the ball early so they get him going you know the Lakers they like to get him going if they can stop him early I think it's gonna you know prove for a lot of you know stress on LeBron because he's gonna have to pick it up right you're not gonna stop AD you're not gonna stop LeBron but if you can limit them it'll be really nice to see like I think the Heat are the best probably had the he had the better coaching in this series. So they'll be able to throw a lot of strategies. They'll play, they'll play a bit of zone. They'll play a bit of man. They'll have Bam guarding AD a lot. They'll have Jimmy guarding LeBron, I think. And then they'll switch. They can switch with Andre guarding him. You know, I don't know if they'll give Duncan Robinson him. But, uh, you know, they'll, they'll give a couple bodies on him. You know, they even give Jay Crowder a go on him too. So I think it'll be good. It'll still be hard for the Heat. But, you know, those consistent matchups and the consistent... Your consistent strategies that the Heat will be throwing, especially Spolster, I think will be tough. You know, I don't think this is going to be a, a, a cakewalk for the Lakers oh, at no all. No way. You and know, I don't a think a lot of I, a lot of casual fans will think, oh, Lakers have yeah. won it. A lot of casual fans that don't watch the game may think that, but I think the people who really do watch the game and support the game and know what's going on, they know it ain't going to be no. a game four, game five. It's going to be tough. It's going to go game six, game seven. Like I, I think the Lakers will win in six. But it's not going to be an easy six. But I, I, at the end of the day, like I'm, I'm still I'm an R and like, I looked on sports bet today. I looked at betting wise. I said, how I wonder how much the heat are they? But like two, three, two. They're still four bucks to win the series. Jeez. You know, so the sports people, I think the betting people, I don't think they know what they're talking about because the last series they still had the Celtics to win it, right? They had the Heat as the outsider still. So we both said the Celtics, and I mean the Heat were going to win this this Celtics series, and they did. I'm thinking about putting twenty, thirty bucks on the Heat to win. And I'm not a better. Like I, I, I can think that the, I think the Heat can win. Definitely, out of I think all the, teams in the NBA to beat the Lakers, I think the Heat are probably the only team that can beat them. Definitely, I, for you, you're completely right. The Heat, the Clippers could, but they just never got there, so they can't. no. It's going to be good to watch because these teams even out perfectly. Yeah, right, absolutely. And it, for me, it doesn't. It of course, and when I, I don't mean to contradict myself, it doesn't come down to AD and LeBron no. and Jimmy and Bam. No, it doesn't. It doesn't come down to those two players. It comes down to the other guys. It comes down to the role players because you know why? End of the day, Jimmy, LeBron, equal out. Yeah. AD, Bam, of course, AD is the better player at the moment, but Bam can Bam's guard one, AD. Bam, Bam's one of the best defensive players in the world. He's right? versatile. Because he's big, he can defend one through five. 100%. And he plays so it's going like to come down to Duncan Robertson. It's going to come down to Jay Crowder, Tyler Hero, all these players that are coming off their bench. It's going to come down to Kyle Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma could be they a need, massive they need, piece. They need Kyle Kuzma to play at a high level. Because Definitely. they can't rely on Rondo because when I say Rondo, they can't rely on him scoring three-point buckets all no. the time. And it's gonna, I think it's important that Kuzma has a good series as well as players like Dwight that's going to make Bam's life hard and, and JaVale. And all these role players on both teams are going to be the role, the reason why either the Heat win or the Lakers win. Like for me, like a big player that has that we didn't mention. I, I wanted to talk to him, like Goran Dragic. Like he's going to be a massive piece for this eight team, definitely. Because he's been playing out of his skin. He's probably been playing nearly career best form. You know, if he can win that matchup against LeBron, pays the point, but he won't guard LeBron like maybe Kentavious or Danny Green marks him. If he can really put them to the sword, it's going to open up a lot of trouble for the Heat yeah. because they're going to have. I mean, trouble for the Lakers because they're just going to sub in Rondo straight away, and you just don't know how many minutes he can really play. Yeah. Like he he'll he'll play at least thirty minutes a game. They'll end up finishing with him. But if they can get, you know, Dragic to be a scorer, you know, you have Tyler Hero coming off the bench. He'll just provide instant offense because yeah. no one can stop him right now. I don't think anyone that Lakers team can really stop him because Danny Green could do a good job, but he's very hot and cold. If he's not making his shots, he's not really doing a heap. 
And then, you know, if the, the one of the bigger players too, like Duncan Robinson, if he hits his three pointers, like it's gonna be that's, hard to guard. That's gonna that's gonna really test the Lakers because he's probably the best three point shooter on on both teams right now. It's not, even, it's not even a question. He's a specialist at what he does. He just shoots. So yeah. if he's making fifty percent of his shots, I just don't know and how they're gonna stop you that. You gotta you gotta be careful. If Duncan's firing and Tyler here at the same time, it's gonna be a it's gonna be hard to watch. No, I'm gonna change. It. I reckon I reckon the Heat will win it. I actually yeah. think the Heat will win. Well, I think I wouldn't be shocked if the Heat win game one. Yeah, I think the Heat will win game one. I think they'll win it. I think it. they'll win it because then all the adversity then turn, turns to the Lakers. And I think LeBron likes that a bit. I think LeBron likes to be counted out. Of course he does. You know, I'm, I'm, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not counting out the Lakers, all right? But I just, I don't know, man. The more I'm thinking about this series and the more I'm looking at the matchups, the only real advantage the Lakers have is in bigs. And even though... They have a lot of edge. Bam's not going to really come off the court, you know. Kelly Olynyk can if he's shooting, if he's shooting at a high clip, he's gonna he's gonna spread either Dwight Howard, Javale out at the key. So they're not going to have a big rim protector in there because Jay Crowder plays the four. Ada will mark him, and Bam can play outside the outside the three point anyway. That's going to create no shot blocker in there. So I I don't know. I don't know. I can honestly, if you flick a coin. I don't know who is going to win this. Yeah, it's going to be. I really don't. It's uh, look. Well, I'm tossing and turning. I no. Yeah, it's tough to even say. Game, I said game six, game seven. I think it'll go seven games actually. Seven games. I'm, is, I changed my prediction. I said Lakers will win in six, and now I think it's in, the Heat are going to win. Like yeah. I just don't know. You don't know. Yeah, exactly. Look, and I, anyone who says they know, or you don't know, I really don't believe them because I I thought the Heat were going to make it once I saw them beat the Bucks. I said, yep, they'll win it, but. Out of any coach who knows how to defend LeBron. It's the person that's coached him. He coached him. So he knows his tendencies. He knows what he likes. And Spolter is the best coach in the in the NBA right now out of the last two teams. Definitely. He's probably a top three. He's probably the second best coach in the NBA after Pop, really. So I think that he's going to be able to game plan him. He's going to know what his tendencies are. AD is the big question. If AD is firing and he's money, yeah. it's going to be tough, man. Definitely. I, I'll go the reverse way on that for the Lakers. Yeah. If AD's firing, that's fine. But if LeBron gets his foot footprints on this series, that could be the thing that can turn this series on its head. Footprints or fingerprints? Fingerprints, sorry. Yep. If he gets his fingerprints on this series and we see the LeBron we're think waiting on. Yeah. We're all still waiting on LeBron and that's if LeBron, what if LeBron brings back the, the LeBron that he played in the Heat, yeah. I think it'll be tough yeah. for the Heat. Well, or even when he came back in the three-one series in, in Cleveland, if yeah. he played Finals LeBron that we know and yeah. the numbers he can put up alongside AD, then it's going to be tough for the yeah. Heat. I, I I absolutely agree with you there. But the thing is, because of the players they have on the Heat to defend LeBron, it's going to be tough for LeBron. Yeah. But if he can prove and again, if he can prove himself and be dominant and overcome Jimmy and Iggy, which he's done before, if he does that. Then I think the Lakers win. If he doesn't put his on, uh, put his fingerprints on this series early, and it just has to come down to AD, yeah, then it's going to be a grinded out series, and I think the the Heat could get them. I yeah. really do think, and I agree, I really do think the Heat can get them. Yeah, but it's it comes down to role players for the Lakers. It does it, for again role players for both teams. Yeah, it's not going to come the, down to the stars. No way. You know, and it's they're going to they're get this. They're going to yeah, get this. Definitely, they're going to get their points. But I think at the end of the day, if LeBron gets his stuff early gets going early in the first couple of games, this could really turn the series on its head. And yeah. I do agree. Eric Spolster is the perfect person to have a going against LeBron. Yeah. Not, you know, coaching-wise, matchup-wise, he knows how to guard him. Like you said, they're going to be really, 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 you know, on to their players about how LeBron plays. And it's going to be interesting to watch that too because, you know, coach for, you know, coach for his old teammate. You know, it's going to be good to it's going to it's good to see the Lakers in Miami. You know, it's 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 good to see two different teams. Yeah, two different teams for for a we've change. Had, we've, I'm not going to say we've been bored of the Warriors because I don't think to the Warriors. I don't think you could ever be bored of a team making the final six times in a row because for me that's that's that is super hard in itself to make a the final six times in a row. And a lot of people were bored of watching LeBron play, but they just didn't realize how great of a player he was to take now he's going to take three different franchises to the nba finals that's crazy you know you really think about it you you really think about it but his first time with the Cavs to compare to his second time it feels like he was on a different team yeah same with jersey but different team you know yeah if you if that understands what i'm saying 
but you know, I, I think it's 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 awesome to see. It's said two different teams, but it's good to see a a, a fresh team like a a, a, young, a a fresh Miami. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I like it's just it's good to see. It's good to see Miami there because. They were always going to keep reliving the past, reliving in the past when LeBron won their last championship. They were always going to yeah, do that until D-Wade. someone took them to that next level, and it's good to see that. And I'm so happy for the Heat to be there. Couldn't be happier because you know what? They've one of been the best stories in the NBA to watch. You know, underdogs, adversity, fighting against it, and who better to fight against that adversity than Jimmy? The Heat, the Heat. The last time the the Heat, the last time a fifth seed made the playoff, it made the finals. It was again no sorry there was there was seventy one odds to make it. The last team that was at a lower odds or same odds was the Nets at sixty five to one two thousand two, and then I think it was the no it was, sorry the seeds right so they're the fifth seed. The last time a seed that low made it was the Nets at six, and then it was the Knicks at seven against the Spurs in the finals, and then it was the uh, I mean the Knicks at eight, and then it was the the Rockets at six. So they're a, they're a fifth seed. People forget this. They're a fifth seed in the finals right now, you know. So they technically, if you look at it, they were the fifth best team on paper in the East. Yeah. You know, on paper, they they actually they're, they're really not. But you know, if you, you're a casual NBA fan, oh, they're they're the fifth best team. There's no chance of them making it. But credit credit to the Heat, man. I I really want to. I'm really actually interested and like I want to watch every minute of this series. You know, I don't want to miss a game. I want to watch every game live because I think it's just going to be such a grind-out series. You know, there's there's two storylines. LeBron gets his fourth chip. He, he'll he probably, I don't know, he might not get the MVP, but he'll be the fourth, he'll be get his fourth chip. He'll start to build his chips up to where Michael was. He'll have a more of a conversation of is he the best player, in the, best player ever. And then you have, on the other hand, Jimmy Butler and a bunch of underdogs winning the chip, coming every type of obstacle but not alone that, three teams traded, two teams traded, no, three teams, yeah, three teams traded Jimmy Butler. The 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 Bulls, the T-Wolves, and the Sixers. Didn't think that he could do it. You know, the, the Sixers kind of had to trade him because he was going to walk anyway. But, mate, I think this is going to be one of the best storylines and one of the best final series for the NBA in a long time. Yeah, well, the, the storyline-wise, like you said, it's definitely going to be arguably one of the best ones since... Oh, what would you say? I reckon it's the best final series since the first Cavs and Warriors one, because there was two new teams two in the new finals. Two teams, three, two fresh faces: LeBron, Steph Curry, and Clay, and you, Dre. You know, you got to look at it, the either the Heat or Lakers win it. That will be three championships for the Heat in the decade, or two for the Lakers in the past decade. And then Warriors had three, Cavs had one, and then Spurs had one too. So it's going to be, you know. A really interesting way to see how this history folds out, but I'm gonna put a you know gun to your head theoretically. Who's gonna win it, and then who's gonna win in how many games, and then who would be the MVP? Finals MVP. Sorry. I'll go. Oh, I want to say the Heat. Oh, actually, before you ask that, who do you want to win? I secretly do want the Heat to win. Yeah, like I, deep down, I want the Heat to win. I don't. I don't get. I'm not gonna get angry who, who wins it, but man, I'd love to see the Heat win. I'd it. love to see the Heat win. But I'm going to give you my, my prediction just because I know what you'll say, so I'll go different. And I do want the Heat to win, and, and I do I really want to see them succeed. I yeah. want Jimmy to get his champ. I really feel Jimmy deserves the championship with all he's gone through in his career. Yeah. But I'm going to say Lakers in seven, yep. and AD wins the MVP. Yeah. That'll be my prediction. Okay. All right. You going to ask me? Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, I forgot about you. Right. No. Yeah, go ahead. Give us your one. As I said, I want the Heat to win. I'm going to go Lakers in seven. I think they're just going to have a bit too much polish for them. And then I'm going to say LeBron wins it. I'll say LeBron wins it because AD's never been to the finals. And I, I, I don't think that it, the uh, this will be too big. The lights were too bright for him or the arena will be too big for him. But I think that LeBron will just show his class and he'll put his team on the back and he'll say, this is how we do it. And then... He just can't. He can't lose this. I don't think for his legacy. But that's 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 my opinion. That's your opinion. You know, I think whoever wins it will be great to see for the NBA. Just a it's new team. Been, yeah, you know, it's new definitely team. it's definitely fresh. It's it's a new environment with the bubble. It's been. I think the bubble is a great experiment. 
that they needed to happen. And I think that they're pretty sure they're doing a similar thing. Because I don't think this is going to be a one-off. I think it's going to be next season. I think they're looking at doing maybe regional bubbles. Regional bubbles, which so would make like, sense. So, like, when when you say that, like, so in the east, I mean the west, sorry. So who's in the the, the Pacific for the west? you got the, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Warriors, the Kings, and the Suns. You know, you put them in a bubble. You know, they'll play all their games first. And then they'll all move different. They'll move to a different bubble, like one team or two teams will move to a different Definitely. bubble, and then versus all those. Well, they're doing teams a similar thing with the M- M- uh, uh, was it the NBA Combine that's coming. Yeah, the draft yeah. Combine. So there's all different ways. Like America's still pretty, pretty, pretty cooked with this whole coronavirus compared to Australia. Definitely. You know, some states in in, in Australia haven't had any vir- any cases for a while, but America's not going to recover from this for another maybe year or two. Definitely. So it's going to be interesting what they see. I mean, they might even be able to put it in Canada. You know, if they put it in Canada and they put, you know, different bubbles in different places there, that way they don't have to, you know, stay. But even if they still do, you know, this one in Florida is working. So maybe yeah. just keep it. If oh, it's yeah. working and the players aren't complaining that much. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, say. if it's not broke, don't fix it. And, and you know, it's it's only going to be temporary. This isn't going to be forever. But, you know, it is it is what it is at the moment. But, you know, that's our episode for today. We're going to get a couple more episodes come through, you know, break down a couple of the games, the finals. But, you know, we hope you enjoy this episode. Make sure you like and subscribe. We're on Instagram at Lane's Podcast. You know, we're on Breaker, Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on all those good ones. So without further ado, thanks for listening. Have a great guy.